Hoy nos deleitamos en la luz de la grandeza bigotuda. Yes, we are covering our first Spanish language movie and I'm excited about this one. Robert Rodriguez made himself an instant legend in filmmaking when he spent a measly $7,000 on his 1992 student film, El Mariachi. My damn wedding costs more than that. And that marriage didn't even work out. That's like a double kick in the chiclets right there. Anyway, the movie was originally intended for the Mexican home video market, but as we all know, this movie was destined for greatness. Shot in the northern Mexicano border town of Ciudad Acuña, Coahuila, the film became a cult classic right off the bat. Now, Robert Rodriguez has certainly had his share of recognitions, and I'm sure he's going to have plenty more in the future. But today is not about honoring him. We're certainly thanking him for being determined enough to make this movie, but no, no, no. Today... We honor every single cold-blooded Mexicano that sports a mustache. Mustaches run rampant in this movie. The main protagonist may not have one, but the 55 other Mexicanos <laughs> that are in this movie do have one, and they make up for it. Now let's hit that dusty Mexican highway and get this show on the road. I am your host, Daniel Segura, and now play that damn theme song. It's the Mustachio Podcastio. We're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make some jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the mustachio podcast you. Alright, I just took a sip of my cerveza. It's about... It's about 1.30 right now. It's a good time to have a day beer right there. Good start. Good time right there. Well, I have no guests to introduce today, but guess what? It's a Cholo Solo episode. Why? <laughs> like I said, mustaches are all over this movie, and it really does remind me of home. You you know, if you were to go to the Pulga in San Antonio, I guarantee you there are some vatos and cowboy hats with giant-ass belt buckles sporting killer mustaches. I knew I wanted to cover El Mariachi, but wasn't sure when would be a good time to spit shine that laser disc copy I have of the film. Well, today is that day, and we are going to have a damn good time with the indie film of all indie films, El Mariachi. Now let's break down this bad boy. <laughs> Movie Breakdown. Alright, well the movie opens up at what is basically a super small police precinct in Jimenez, Coahuila, Mexico. And we see a policewoman with a trucker hat walking into the place. And she starts looking at the dudes in the cells, you know. She's kind of doing a quick scan and the camera scans across the jail cells. You know, we see some bodrachos, you know, they're just there. <laughs> Probably had some long nights and got thrown in the clank. But then, as the camera gets further to the left, then we see a dude who's sitting at an office desk writing some stuff in what looks like a daily planner. <laughs> and you're like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Is this guy in prison and has his, his own little his own little office? It kind of what I, it's what I imagine it looks like when you go into one of those hole in the wall car insurance businesses, like in the south side of San Antonio, and I'm sure there's plenty here in LA too. Um, which I always notice those because they're usually like some crazy loud color, like yellow. And then they have Seguro 
plastered on the building and it's you know you just kind of notice what kind of it, it's kind of like my last name so i'm like hey look look at that so there's tons of them i feel like if you walked into one of those places it would just be that like one this one dude behind a desk wearing a leather vest and sporting a mustache <laughs> but uh <laughs> but anyway this guy does have a classic mustache and uh he is obviously one of those organized criminals is what it looks like. The police officer wakes them all up by hitting this damn wrench on the gel bars. Mm. And she also turns the lights on. And yeah, you know, some of, they kind of wake up, but they're still so fucked up. They're just still kind of like, ugh. Then we go from this prison, this prison setting. We go to this uh, barefoot young woman. Uh, zoom in on the patas. She's in a bikini who sort of, uh, she sort of just tiptoes along the concrete paving. She dives into this gorgeous pool and then she just swims right out. I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, is that all you wanted to do? You just want to just take a quick dive and swim on it? You don't want to go for a quick lap or something? I don't know. So then we see this dude who grabs a phone and he calls that guy that we saw in the prison at the office desk. And that dude in the jail cell um, looks semi-hesitant when he sees the number on the phone. So we know this is definitely uh, somebody he knows or a number he knows. And uh, we find out that the vato in the jail cell, uh, his name is Azul. And he is uh, calling the guy that called him um, over the phone. He's calling him Moko. Which, <laughs> which when I was watching this again, it still makes me chuckle the very first time I hear it. I, you know, you grow up referring to mocos as like boogers, and so I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this dude had bad allergies growing up. I don't know, but uh, it still makes me laugh. Moco is probably the funniest little like nickname ever. Anyway, so we find out that Moco is just a few towns away with a new gang, so he's making that money. And so it looks like these two dudes used to be in the same gang at some point. And Azul asks him uh, what he wants after all these years. Moko decides, uh, decided to call him since he found out that Azul wasn't too far away. Azul says, uh, that's very sweet of you, asshole. <laughs> and what, this is all in Spanish. So what he, he actually says something like, uh, eso es muy dulce de, de tu parte, culo. <laughs> Calling someone a culo is just is so much more fun. Anyway, Azul reminds Moko that he was uh, supposed to get him out and give him the money he owes them, especially because Azul says that he helped Moko get where he's at. And um, Moko asks if he really wants to get out because he knows that Azul's actually running quite a business from his cell, and um, with only a phone and a few loyal men is what he says. Azul mentions that the, that he earns peanuts doing what he's doing right now compared to what he actually what Moko actually owes him. Moko tells him that he's sending some friends to get him in a few days, and Moko mentions that he won't forget that Azul has been a big part of this triumph. And uh, this is beginning to feel a little suspicious, you know. Even when the first time I saw this, I was like, hmm, this guy's talking a little like parting words, you know. And uh, turns out that's exactly what he's planning on doing. Uh, Azul sees uh, some cats coming in, uh, and they're pulling up with uh, armed with all kinds of guns and shit. They give the um, prison guard a big old wad of cash. We gotta love that. And Azul asks Moko, like, "Yo, are you getting me out today? Or because you said in a couple of days?" And because uh, he sees them walking up, and he looks like he's a. It looks like Azul's actually allowed to have guns. <laughs> so he's running this bitch. 
So he has his guns and he's ready to go because he's realizing these guys are not coming in to let him out. And uh, Azul asks Moko like who these dudes are. Moko just straight up hangs up on him. So it's pretty obvious that this is a it's a trap. So one of Azul's dudes uh, shoots one of the three gunmen. Another dude in another cell points a shotgun at them. So it actually looks like all the cells are unlocked anyway. <laughs> and so the prisoners get out guns uh, and point it at the two henchmen that are left of um, Moko's guys. So a couple things here. You know, Moko is wearing this solid white, like white as snow, uh, Wayavera, which I totally love. I have a black and I think a tan one, but I need to get a white one. Like, Wayavera is like, um, they're sort of like the Mexican version of Tommy Bahama button-ups, except they make you look badass, not lame. And... <laughs> And the second thing I want to point out is the whole time Moko has been speaking with Azul, the girl that's with him that took that one dive into the pool keeps like caressing his arms and his shoulders and shit. And, he, and it seems to really be annoying him. Like he keeps kind of like making these like cringe faces or like, you know, like, no, get off me. So one of my love languages is touch. So I would not be doing that. I would be like, yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Anyway. <laughs> That's exactly how I would respond if someone touches my shoulder. Yes, thank you. Um, so Azul calls Moko and tells him that his men are having some, you know. Um, oh, he calls him and tells him his men have something to say. And of course, he actually places the two henchmen in a cell and Azul and his men just freaking blow them to smithereens. Azul, uh, Azul basically vows to get his revenge and kill Moko and get his damn money back. And this is when the title card pops up, El Mariachi. We haven't seen a mariachi yet, but we know he's coming around the corner. And <laughs> so after the after the credits, we see Azul walk out of prison. He gives the police officer a uh, lady a bunch of cash, and um, Azul meets up with some dudes in a truck, and they give him a guitar case that is just loaded with different types of weapons. What kind of uh, throws me off about this guitar case weapon holder is that none of the guns seem strapped in at all. Like, they're just kind of loosey-goosey in that bitch. There's no Velcro, no straps, no nothing. So, I don't know how safe it is to be walking around with that. But, hey, that's his thing. So, then we see the little police officer, and she's just counting her money. That was pretty hilarious. Now, we get to our main character of the film. The actual mariachi, who only goes by <laughs> El mariachi. Um, he kind of looks like a Danny to me, but I don't know. Uh, he, he's sort of in a crossroads in life, it seems. He's a traveling mariachi, basically looking for a place where he can find work. Come over to San Antonio, man. There's like a thousand Mexican restaurants you can go play at. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, he is not in San Antonio. He is walking along the highway in boots and black jeans and in Mexico, of all places. I could honestly feel the crunching of dust in my mouth just looking at him walking out there. Like I was sweating just thinking about doing that. So, yeah, you know, it was a different time. People just, I don't know, they just could handle that stuff. I would be like, I need to have shorts on. I cannot be in solid black jeans right now. So, uh, we see him walking and he's kind of talking a little bit uh, um, about, you know, his, I guess like why he's there and this and that. And he arrives at a, a Agua de Coco stand and, and holy crap, this guy's like selling coconuts and he's really good with a knife. Perfectly cuts a little tiny hole in the coconut, puts a little straw in there and boom, there you go. Tasty, tasty. Apparently this dude is at the edge of town and just gives these coconut drinks for free. So that's a pretty welcoming treat. I like that. We need to start doing that in all cities. Just have like a little Agua de Coco guy. <laughs> Here you go. Thank you. Welcome to the city. 
So it looks like our mariachi is arriving in a, in a new town. He says he's always wanted to be a mariachi. His father was a mariachi. His grandfather, his great-grandfather were all musicians. He says he's not as good as them, but, you know, he's working to get better. And his plan in life is to basically die with his guitar in his hand. And I'm sort of like, be careful what you wish for. But anyway, the mariachi mentions that he was hoping the free coconut would be a sign of good luck, but he was terribly wrong. And he's talking to himself this whole time, so it looks like he's sort of, uh, he's being, he's um, the narrator of this whole story, so this is all kind of happened, and he's just reflecting upon and telling us the story. Uh, and so the, the mariachi actually walks into a bar, uh, which, this is where the movie really gets rolling. And, because uh, just before that, when he was doing about talking to his grandparents, talking about his great-grandfather playing, being mariachis, he's kind of getting his boots cleaned up after that long-ass walk down the damn highway. He kept trying to get a ride, but, all, you know, nobody was stopping for him. Probably because of the guitar. Like, you got a giant guitar, bro. Nobody wants to try to find space in their car for you. But anyway, <laughs> he was getting his boots shined. He's kind of getting a feel for the town. And he walks into the first bar that he sees, thinking, hey, you know, maybe they can use a mariachi. So he walks in, and he asks for a soda pop. And the bartender looks at him the same way I would have looked at him. He's like, are you serious, bro? Then uh, even the, the bartender actually has trouble finding where he keeps the sodas. <laughs> you can see him opening doors like, I don't even know. Nobody asked for this. And the mariachi notices that there isn't any music and tells the bartender that uh, he's a mariachi. And he could liven up and class up the place with music. I don't know if that's the best um, pitch. When you're a musician, you could... Uh, I just don't know if I would be like, Yeah, you know, this place looks like a piece of shit. What if I came in here and made it look good? Like, I don't know if I would go that direction. I would probably be like, You know what? This has a nice ambiance. I feel like I could add to it. See what I mean? That's a pitch. Anyway. So, <laughs> enough with the PR with Daniel. <laughs> so... So anyway, the mariachi notices that there isn't um, that music. And the bartender is kind of like, brah, uh, why would I want one mariachi when I have a full band? Then uh, the, we just zoom in like super fast into a dude just chilling with a big old keyboard, like an old Korg 1990s keyboard. And he gets up, grabs a stool, places his keyboard on top of it. He presses a few settings buttons and starts playing some like super cheesy sort of mariachi music. Shit like that. Which is not even mariachi. I think that's like conjunto or something. But um, it kind of sounds mariachi-ish. And it's really freaking hilarious. He's like working in some dumb sound effects and shit like that. It's so ridiculous. Then he just stops playing after like, I don't know, 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, puts a stool back, puts a, puts a keyboard on the table and just sits right back where he was chilling. And like I said earlier, you know, our mariachi may not have a mustache, which is kind of weird because I, you know, a lot of traditional mariachis do sport the, a pretty solid stash. But no joke, everyone. In this entire scene, in this bar, and not to say there's a whole bunch of people in there. I think there's maybe seven people in this whole scene, including the mariachi. Everyone but him has a hell of a mustache. <laughs> and it's weird when you're looking at, ever since I started this show, you look out for him. Like, I'll be watching movies, I'm looking out for a killer mustache because I'm like, it could always be a possible episode. And it was amazing to me when I was looking at this and I was like, wow, everyone has one. <laughs> Not even like a beard, just boom, mustache. And so, 
the mariachi leaves all sad after this scene and uh after this you know the keyboard guy comes up and we see azul walk right in with his guitar as the mariachi walks out and the bartender is so funny he yells out um what is it mariachi day we have no work for you here <laughs> and uh i love this bartender he's no cheech marin but uh you know that we see in desperado but he's still good and azul tells the bartender to get him a beer and uh he just stares at these dudes that had the mustaches i was telling you about and he looks like he kind of like he knows them or something or he's suspicious and azul tells the bartender um who's actually pouring his beer in a glass in botella way <laughs> which means he wants it in a bottle <laughs> azul's very like he has he's a very simple person but he's he's you know that's who he is you know he wants his beer in a bottle that, that's that's the way the dude rolls and so uh, the bartender sort of like, oh, well, I kind of already poured this beer. I guess I might as well just drink it, which I feel like I would do on purpose as a bartender. I'd be like, oh, oh, look, I have this extra beer. Might as well drink it. So Azul says uh, he's looking for an old friend named Moko, and the dude's telling him that he owns the bar and isn't far away. Azul asks if they work for him, and he has a dude, uh, <laughs> because he asks if they work for them. And they're like, yeah, 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 we work for them. So then he puts his guitar, like he goes, here, hold on to this. And the guy's holding on to the guitar. <laughs> and he opens the guitar, takes out a freaking Uzi. <laughs> and he kills all the dudes at the bar. He leaves the bartender living. And then there's a dude that had actually went to the restroom a little earlier in the scene. He hears all the ruckus, so he comes out. And he's like kind of a little viejito, you know, he's like, I don't know, 60-something. And he, he sees all the dead guys. And he just kind of like, whoop. He kind of scurries back into the bathroom. I'm like, bro, come on, it's over, man. <laughs> and so Azul walks in there, and we hear the gunshot. So he, that guy's wasted. For some reason, like I said, doesn't kill the bartender, even though he's technically working for Azul as well. I mean, not working for Azul, working for Moko as well. So once Azul steps out the uh, out of the bar, the bartender grabs the phone to call the boss. But then Azul comes right back in. And I'm thinking he's gonna like I thought oh this was a bit like he's gonna kill this dude but instead he just chugs the rest of his beer leaves a couple of vessels and leaves the bar and then it's really funny because the bartender gets on the phone and he just screams Moko! <laughs> I guess Moko told all his men in in the case of an emergency if when I say and when I answer the phone just scream my name very loud <laughs> so there's something very tongue-in-cheek about this movie I just love it I love the there's like there's not a lot of setup jokes like it's not like this was punched up with jokes it's just um it's just the way things are done sometimes like he has certain camera things that he does to make it more comedic and and some of the reactions that the people have the actors have makes it more comedic so i love all that stuff and we get a dope shot of this is kind of like the legendary shot of this movie you see it's kind of coming i'm i'm not a I didn't go to film school but whatever like it's coming from a lower end i know there's a name for that type of shot but it's coming lower and you see it's looking up toward azul and you see the rest of the town behind him and he's walking down the street and he has the most cockiest fucking smirk on his face i couldn't even i don't even think i could pull that off like this guy pulls off the best smirk and he's just walking down the town and feeling hype as fuck about killing a few dudes now we see another dude and he's got aviator sunglasses on and he's he now this guy i, I don't know about y'all i think he might have the best mustache in the movie it's just damn shit 
it's like it takes over his face i guess because of the sunglasses you just don't see anything else it's just mustache and he gets a he gets a ring on his little beeper oh 90 what was it 92 or something what year was this movie i keep forgetting yeah 92 i was correct so he gets a he gets a ring on his beeper and he just walks into a hotel and he asks for the phone and it looks like moko is letting this dude uh know what happened and the dude tells the desk clerk at the hotel that if he sees a man dressed in black with a guitar case to call him. Aviator dude tells him that he will definitely want to do this because if Azul finds out that the desk clerk works for Moko, he's dead anyway. So it's in his best interest to be a narc in this situation. So we're back uh, with our sad little mariachi. He's going into another bar after uh, that experience that he had in the last one. And he's going on this little rant about saying that this town has brought him no luck. And he even comments on how technology and our dependence on machines is killing our love for music or something like that. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, dang, bro. If you, I mean, 20 years from, from 1992, you're going to really, really start seeing how much technology, how much dependent we are on technology. People are still using beepers at this time. And let me say that I think Carlos uh, Carlos Gallardo is great in this movie. I think he's from Del Rio. So he's a Texas native, which makes him awesome. And uh, he's like the most emo Mexicano I've ever seen. And, you know, it makes sense because being a mariachi, a lot of the songs are very sad anyway. So it kind of works. But still, he's, so, he's, so, he's such a nice dude. <laughs> he's so emotional. <laughs> And uh, all of a sudden we see his eyes, speaking of emo, we see his eyes turn all heart-shaped when he sees the bartender coming toward him. She asks if he wants a drink and of course he orders another soda pop. And she says, are you a little kid or what? <laughs> I'm like, burn! And Mariachi uses the excuse that he doesn't smoke or drink to not mess up his voice, even though like every famous singer at least drinks if not smokes, um, especially in 1992. And he asked the bartender if uh, she could use a mariachi, but she says she has no money for a mariachi. So, bam, another no. So it looks like our mariachi gives up after two no's. He arrives in this new town, has two no's, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to go to a hotel, go to bed. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's the same hotel of the dude that um, was asked to keep a lookout for uh, the man in black with the guitar case. This is interesting, but the mariachi is able to get a room just by saying... I'm looking for work right now, but I can pay you as soon as I get money. <laughs> that will never work for me. Like, I, I think I look too sneaky. If I were to say something like that, they would just know I'm bullshitting and I'm not going to have that money. But the hotel owner, go, you know, lets him have a, get a room. And he asks if he can leave some sort of collateral. And I don't know if the, the hotel clerk was, like, trying to get to see if he could, like, give him the guitar or something like that. I don't know, but... um mariachi's like well i got a few pesos but and like before he could even finish his sentence the old owner just grabs all that wad of cash and is like all right you're good to go <laughs> so right away the hotel owner calls moko's dudes and then we get some very doom sounding music playing and it's like we're in it looks like we're in a dream sequence and the mariachi is laying on a dirt road and he gets up to see a kid bouncing a basketball along the sidewalk the kid picks up the ball and rolls it toward Mariachi, but when the ball comes towards his legs, uh-oh, it's actually a severed head. Holy shit. 
<laughs> I remember that catching me off guard the first time because it didn't feel like a movie where I was going to see a, a rolling severed head. So I, I don't know what exactly. It's obviously some sort of, you know, premonition of some sort or something, but I liked it. Um, by the way, that fake severed head would probably cost 7000 alone to produce now. <laughs> anyway, either way, it's good. It's a good thing it woke him up because Mokul's dudes are arriving and they break through one of the hotel rooms, but it's the wrong one. I guess they weren't paying attention when they got the room number. The hotel clerk yells at them, no, 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 it's room 10. Turns out our mariachi is sort of lucky because he happens to hear hear this and he, he uh, realizes he's in room 10. So he immediately ducks and starts looking for cover. Mokul's dudes are into the room. Uh, they go into the room and our mariachi takes off from the hotel in a real hurry. And as, as he runs, he remembers that he left his damn guitar in the room. And he's actually, so he decides to actually head back to the hotel. For some reason, he goes through the main entrance instead of taking some other way around. <laughs> and he actually says hi to the clerk. He's like, hello. <laughs> I'm like, you know, the clerk was trying to narc you out. <laughs> you should avoid him. So then the clerk goes outside. He's like, hey, pendejos, he's over here. So then the guys start heading back to go get the mariachi dude. The mariachi grabs a tiny little ball and chain weapon that just was actually part of the decor of the room, which is crazy. He had looked at it earlier, I think right before he went to sleep, and he was kind of like, okay. And uh, so he take, he gets that just to be able to protect himself. And he's, he's stuck on the second floor, so he sort of slides across the street on some sort of electrical line. And if you don't think that's impressive... He manages to hold his giant ass guitar case between his legs while he's swinging down or while he's sliding down that line. So Mr. Mariachi is not skipping leg day. This dude is like got a thigh master at home or something. He happens to run into the windshield of a bus and he lands on the hood of it. When the bus hits a red light, he quickly jumps off and runs. This is funny because while he's running, we just see a Doberman chilling with aviator sunglasses for no fucking reason. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> why did Robert Rodriguez want to show a shot of a Doberman wearing wearing aviator sunglasses? I don't know if that had something to do with the fact that they were very popular at the time, that even dogs were purchasing them. I don't know, but it was really funny. I, I liked it. <laughs> So the chase continues, and there is a lot of running in this movie. <laughs> we hear the footsteps uh, really well, like really clear, because the music's actually kind of chill here. And a truck stops in front of him, and the mariachi jumps on the hood and runs down down the truck. So like, and I'm trying to explain this. So the trucks, uh, a truck stops right like while he's turning onto a, another street. A truck is right there waiting for him and stops right in front of him. These two guys come out of the sides of the truck fully loaded with guns and they start shooting at him so what he does is he runs straight toward the truck jumps on the hood runs right down the middle of the truck and the two dudes i guess um uh don't know how to let go of a trigger i don't know but they're following him as he's going down the middle of the truck and they just shoot each other which is hilarious that's like some comic book shit right there and he chills behind the truck as Aviator Dude approaches. Like, like you know, in the back of the truck. Uh, not on the bed, you know, he's just kind of waiting. And he just whoops Aviator's ass with just the guitar case, which is really nice. Then he grabs the firearm and he shoots the other gangster that was just approaching. And the money actually, actually leaves the Uzi for some reason. He leaves it behind. I would have kept it with me. Like, I mean, it, 
even though I would have been confused, I still would have been like, you know what? This is a pretty hardcore town. I might as well keep this. So then the mariachi heads back to that bar where he was talking to that female bartender. He lets her know that he just killed four dudes and he does it in a very emo way. He's like, I just killed four dudes. But it's in Spanish. And then the bartender goes for the phone to call the cops and the mariachi asks for her name. And her name is uh, uh, Domino. Um, I guess, I think it's pronounced uh, Domino. And he tells her that it was uh, self, self-defense. But she doesn't, uh, she doesn't believe him. So he isn't, He's, he's, he's trying to tell her because she's on the phone and he's like, look, I'm not from here. I don't have any friends or enemies. So why would anyone be trying to kill me for like no reason? Like that doesn't make any sense. So then she puts the phone down and she asks if they were thieves. And he says, no, like he was at a cheap hotel. He did. They didn't want money or anything. They just wanted to kill him. So Domino rightfully asks, then why come here so they can like, what, kill me too? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no shit, man. So he says he needs a place to stay so he can stay so he can lay low. And uh, he's figured out that more than likely they simply have a mistaken for someone else. So she says she, that um, he can stay in her room upstairs. And uh, he gets all Pepe Le Pew with her after this because like, he, sh- he grabs her hand because her hand is like sitting on the bar. And he grabs her hand and he says, thank you. I'll never forget this. <laughs> And he tries to kiss her hand and she slaps the shit out of him. It's so magical. <laughs> you can't go pit you on someone like that. She tells him to be careful with her pit bull, which made me laugh. Like, that's my kind of woman. I like a woman that likes a good pit bull. So then he walks into the apartment and it's actually pretty dope. Uh, her apartment. Uh, she's got this nice tub, clawfoot tub in the middle of a damn room. Just there. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like an open concept apartment and the pitbull doesn't seem to give a shit that he's there he's just like sup man how's it going and uh you know my dogs are sweethearts and all but they would be barking at this dude like a crazy ass <laughs> like they would just be going insane if someone just randomly came into our house so he notices that she has the same um ball and chain shield thing that's from the hotel room so that kind of like i don't know if that's supposed to connect like things that um moko might own or something like that so so then we also see that she has the exact same type of glass also that Muckle um, was drinking from earlier. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but I noticed that she has the exact same glasses. Maybe there's just one place that sells glasses in that, in that town. So Aviator Guy comes walking into uh, uh, Domino's uh, bar. And um, he looks pretty good for a dude that had a guitar swung on his damn face. Like... He doesn't have any bruises or nothing. <laughs> this guy's self-healing powers. <laughs> and he asks her if he's uh, seen the, if, if uh, she's seen the mariachi dude. But she actually denies ever seeing him come in. So uh, she actually... Be- I-, I guess she believes him. So she doesn't want to narc on him now. So we see Moko getting his hair combed and his nails filed. Like he's really living the life, good old Moko. <laughs> Duh. You know, that's, I actually would love that. I would just like to be able to just kind of relax by a pool, get my nails filed, get my home, my hair my hair combed. I was going to say get my home combed. That's not right. Anyway, I think the beer's kicking in. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, anyway, he's looking fresh. Aviator dude tells, uh, tells Moko that uh, what has happened. And that he's worried that if he changes his clothes that they won't they're not gonna find this this guy in black with the guitar. You know, he's like, dang, like we really need to find him. 
But Moko reassures him that Azul always uses that guitar case full of weapons. Like that's his that's his bit. <laughs> so don't worry. He'll have that guitar case. So even if he changes his clothes, that's all you need to look for. So I guess Azul likes to avoid having like heavy guns weighing down his pants. So maybe that's the reason he likes the guitar case. I don't know. I guess it's just easier to like blend in. So anyway. This is when I realized that if the bartender had just mentioned that, yes, Azul came in with a guitar case, but also this other dude came in before him who who looks nothing like Azul, but with a guitar case as well. So don't waste your time trying to kill that dude. You know, all this could have been avoided if, if the bartender was like hadn't talked a little bit about the fact that there's there was another guy that had a guitar case. But then we wouldn't have this great movie. So I'm kind of glad he didn't say anything. So Moko is looking super pissed off now and aviator dude uh, tells Omino that this dude has a case full of weapons. So now she's wondering who the hell did I just let into my apartment and she walks in and our mariachi buddy is just making himself at home in the fucking tub. <laughs> yeah, someone's like, yeah, yeah, you can go, you can go chill in my apartment and you get in their tub. <laughs> so she asks him if he wants uh, shampoo. And she has like this very suspicious energy about her. Like she's like, I'm not trusting this dude right now. He says yes. So she grabs that and grabs a nifty little like dagger type thing that's in her in her drawer. She gives him the shampoo, but not before holding the dagger to his neck and asking him who the fuck he is. So she says that uh, um, that he was being modest because avi- aviator dude had told her that he killed 10 dudes. And he said he only killed four. So obviously we know that the homie Azul killed the other six dudes so this is sort of an amazing scene because she is hella talented with her feet she 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 keeps the dagger to his throat while he's in the tub while at the same time she removes her heels with just you know her feet she reaches out for the guitar case with her feet brings it closer unclips the case so she can open it all with her damn feet like that is crazy amazing i don't have any kind of dexterity like that i'm like ah shit uh so so if you're kind of like a weird, um, well, you know what? I ain't gonna. Hey, we all have fetishes, okay? Feet isn't one of mine, but if it is for you, you might enjoy that scene. Anyway, <laughs> so she is she is really hardcore. She sees that it's just a guitar in the case, but she still isn't convinced. She throws the guitar at our mariachi buddy, who's in the tub still. She dips the dagger down into the water and points it at his happy place. She yells at him to play something, and he ends up singing a pretty hilarious song. I can't really do it justice, but the lyrics are something uh, in English. The lyrics are like, I got caught with my pants down, and there may be a uh, castration. There were several cabrones who tried to tear me to pieces, and I'm with a princess who's armed with a knife with northern eyes and a ferocious body. (laughs) I'm I'm still not 100% sure what northern eyes are. I don't know. It sounds like some kind of racist thing, but, <laughs> but yeah. So he says all that to her, and she kind of smirks a little bit at it. And he's being his emo self, of course. He's like, "That's the best I've ever played because she inspired me." <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he's a emoiachi. No, emoiachi. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he looks at the. It's funny because after he plays the song, he kind of looks for applause. He looks for her for applause. And he looks at the dog for applause. The dog's just like, meh. So she finally believes him and he's asked, he asks again if he can work at her bar. 
She said she doesn't have the money, but he said she could just pay him with um, room and board. So it's funny because she asked if she has to keep the dagger pointed at his balls for him to play good, <laughs> which I liked. <laughs> she says okay and that uh, he'll need a better sense of humor. She's going to live with her because she's hardcore. And she mentions that it's a little, that the, the dagger is actually a letter opener, not a knife. But hey, let's face it, people have been killed with less than that. So anyway, the next scene uh, may be actually one of my favorite scenes. Moko calls for Azul, who is with three women, because, you know, that's the way he rolls. And uh, you know what? Maybe a mustache goes a long way. I don't know. I, I, maybe people like the Azul mustache. So this is when I noticed that Azul actually basically has a uh, quote-unquote portable cell phone or something. It's like this big-ass thing that's in this big old bag. But it's not a landline, so it's got to be some kind of portable setup because I think he also had it back at the prison. So this is a pretty high-tech phone <laughs> for the time. So Moko tells him that he's, uh, you know, he's killed 10 of his men. And Azul tells him, you've always sucked at math. <laughs> That's why you've never paid me, and ke- you know, paid me the money that you owe me <laughs> and kept it all to yourself. He assures Moko, I've only killed six of your dudes, bro. And Azul says it doesn't matter because he'll double that by tomorrow. Moko admits that he was greedy and that it would have been cheaper if he had just paid Azul because now he has to replace 10 dudes. And Azul reminds him again, I just killed six. And then Moko yells, 10! <laughs> you killed 10! <laughs> and uh, Azul tells Moko that if he pays him, he'll spare Moko's life. But, you know, Moko is, uh, says it's too late for all that and he wants to see this through. So Azul says, uh, just like the Moko I used to know, and then he asks Moko if he still wears all white. <laughs> and yeah, Moko's like in complete fucking white. And he asks Azul, what do you see? And then Azul says, you all in white, soaked in blood. That's nice. I like that. So now we're back at uh, uh, Domino's apartment and we see the mariachi warming up uh, to go play. She asks if he's ready because they're waiting for him. She tells him to hurry up, and the place is all packed, apparently, for uh, to check out this new mariachi guy. He starts playing some original material, actually, and uh, his music isn't the most lively, actually, <laughs> like for a bar. <laughs> you know, um, you kind of want to move around a little bit, but El Mariachi, you know, he's the feeler. You know, he's got the feelings. It sounds good, though. It's just very sad. But then again, like I said it before, you know, I said mariachi was sad as hell. I think even in the Badass episode... Um, I don't even know what number episode that was. Maybe three or four. And so a dude um, even has to like rudely snap at uh, Domino because she's so into the mariachi's music skills. I think she's like slowly falling for him. And after that one song, the whole crowd starts clapping louder than any applause I ever heard when I was playing music. So congratulations, little mariachi man. So then now we get a little back and forth with our mariachi buddy and uh, Domino at the end of the night. They're getting ready for bed, and it looks like uh, she is going to let him sleep in her bedroom as long as he stays on his side of the room. She has him sleeping like on a little comforter on the floor, so, you know, good enough. She reminds him that she still does have that dagger if he tries to get a little, you know, handsy. She noticed that the, the first song he played wasn't original, and she could tell because it seemed like he wrote it for someone. She asked, about, uh, she asked him about that, and he's like, Correcto mando! That's not what he says, but he says correct. <laughs> Oh, that's a good beer. Periodically just taking swigs. So now we are back into that familiar dream that the mariachi keeps having. 
But now we see that the little kid is sitting on the sidewalk with the severed head just chilling by his side like a little buddy. Then we zoom into a cemetery and he wakes up super startled. And the, it's so funny that Pitbull is just laying next to him like, uh, yo, dude, could you not have a fucking nightmare next to me? Like, I'm just trying to rest. <laughs> so he's so cute. So he's one of them like kind of like meaty Pitbulls. You know, the ones that are just kind of like, ah, eh, I don't feel like moving today. So then the mariachi is at the bar and he lets uh, Domino know that he needs to go to the hotel to grab his cash. Because he had left that collateral cash with that that narc clerk. He leaves his guitar and jacket so they don't tra track him down or notice him. And she calls Moko and we, we always see his Moko saying on the phone, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> we have no idea what the hell she just told him. But that's when we kind of find out like she definitely knows who he is. And they have something going, you know, they have some kind of relationship. And so then the mariachi goes to get his money, but the hotel clerk is pretending that his cash drawer won't open. And the mariachi just grabs the drawer, pulls out the cash, leaves, you know, grabs his part of it and just leaves the rest for the hotel clerk. And then the hotel clerk just quickly grabs the phone. And I should say that uh, Robert Rodriguez, he tends to, like, what he did for some of these sequences is he speeds them up so it looks like they're moving super fast. Like, oh, I gotta get the phone. And it actually is really hilarious. It's still funny to me. So earlier, um, that actually happened also earlier when he called the av aviator guy. He did the exact same thing. It's a nice touch. Now we see Azul walking into uh, Domino's bar. And Azul says he wants a beer. The bartender goes to the tap and we, we get to her. Um, we get to hear Azul once again say, <laughs> <"En botella we." laughs> And he asks about the owner and the bartender that, that's working there. Um, it's this guy that I guess it's like the one employee of her bar. Uh, uh, he lets, uh, he lets him know that she'll be back, that she's not there right now. So Azul realizes that she may be one of Moko's girls and he takes off. So he's, you know, definitely seeing an opportunity here. And the mariachi sees Azul walk out holding a guitar. So he tells Domino that a dude with the exact same guitar case as him just walked out. So he lets Domino know that he, he, uh, <laughs> he, he lets her know man he doesn't look anything like me <laughs> which is a common thing in this movie I, I'll, touch, I'll address this later on but yeah the whole thing of them not looking alike so all of a sudden a bunch of Moko's dudes are able to sneak up on Azul cause you know since he just walks around the same damn outfit with the same damn guitar case on the damn open of the middle of the day. Like, <laughs> this guy is so cocky. He's just walking. He's been killing Moko's dudes. He's walking around with his guitar case all cool. It's a small town. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard to find him. So Moko's guys are all holding guns at him and two of Azul's guys just take off because they don't plan on dying today. They ask Azul what's in the case and he says his guitar. And uh, Aviator Guy says, if there's a guitar in the case, then we'll let you go. If there's not, we will mess you the fuck up. So obviously Azul is getting ready to get killed at this moment because he knows he's bullshitting. And then it's funny because they lift up the case, they open the case, and they see that the guitar is in there. And you see, you get to see Azul make the face of what's basically, do I have magical powers? <laughs> he looks so freaking in shock. He's like, did I just wish an actual guitar into this case of guns and knives? <laughs> so now we're back at Domino's bar and she tells Mariachi to not be carrying around the guitar until, until all this passes. He says he'll take it back to the room but realizes that this guitar case is crazy heavy. So it looks like that was, that you know, there was a switcheroo. <laughs> and 
<laughs> Azul had the guitar case and he's stuck with the damn, you know, guns. So he's like, oh crap, I need to get this switched out. And actually what happens is Aviator Dude is there and they're walking and he just happens to look back at Azul. And Azul is like opening the case, looking at it like, what the fuck? Like he had to look at it because he i don't think he saw when they saw the guitar he just knows that they were fine and let him go so then he bends down and opens the guitar to it, and he was surprised that there actually is a guitar in there so when aviator dude sees him he's like it's him because i guess he looks suspicious and then el mariachi comes around the corner on the other side of the street oh not the other side of the street but a little further down on the same side of the street he comes out because he's wanting to get with azul to get his damn guitar back and then we see aviator dude say it's him <laughs> aviator dude is not good at his job <laughs> so his little smiles and runs away with his little smirky ass cocky face and mariachi starts running and a truck almost hits him and it's funny because the truck almost hits him but hey bro you're running frantically across the street this guy's not going to know that you're coming through because he even hits the truck i'm like dude then he gets in the truck in the bed like in the back of it I was a driver I'd be like nah bro get out my damn truck you freaking hit my my damn truck dude so but this dude doesn't seem to care and there's a good reason for it so Moko's uh Moko's men continue to pursue but they have they have no idea where he's at and they're working their way uh to him and Mariachi jumps out of the truck he uh he sees one of the dudes uh coming so he opens the case just in time to take him out before he you know before he can shoot him uh Mariachi's able to get him and then the mariachi keeps heading out. He shoots another one of Moko's dudes. These guys are like super bad at their jobs. Like <laughs> somehow Aviator Dude continues to live throughout this whole movie. And I do not know how. They all have like Stormtrooper aim. And um, I think it's just the power, you know, of his mustache. That's why Aviator Dude has not died. So now after all this action, mariachi is sort of just having a nice little jaunt as he walks down the street with no urgency at all. He might be like in a state of shock or some shit because this guy's killed like a good amount of guys at this point. All of a sudden, he sees that little boy that he was seeing his weird dreams and his nightmares. So maybe our mariachi homie got some magical powers too. You know, it could be some kind of message or something. So the mariachi heads back to Domino's bar and Azul goes back to his hideout to see his two dudes who are all making excuses for not saving him earlier. <laughs> Freaking bastards. He yells at them saying that his case got switched with some stupid mariachi's case. He tells them to go find the case with the guns. Then for no reason we have a damn spit take as Azul drinks a bit of that tasty Mexico water and he just spits it out immediately. So <laughs> I'm like I don't know why we needed that but, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. Uh, how bad could it have tasted? Like you put that in his mouth and you're just like <laughs> and uh, so anyway I remember always being told to not drink the water in mexico but i always thought that was like a dumb myth so i don't know maybe there was feeding off of that so now we're back at domino's apartment as she tends to uh, mariachi's wounds we find out that domino had actually called moko to find out what's been going on so she catches up our mariachi friend that this dude's name is azul and he actually asked if <laughs> he actually asked if his name is azul how come he never wears blue <laughs> and then you know who knows why they call him Azul? Who knows? It's certainly not his eyes. They're caca brown like mine. So, you know. So we find out that no one has ever seen Azul except Moko. So, whose real name is uh, Mauricio, which is what we find out. 
Mariachi has something like what what if I what if we just told him like how about we just tell Moko that there's one guy with a guitar case in this town who is a killer and then there's me I'm a, I'm a little emo mariachi uh, emo rachi but the the problem is at this point um he's technically killed a bunch of Moko's men so I don't know if Moko's gonna be that cool with letting this dude get away so she tells him to hide his jacket in his case until this all blows over once again so now we see aviator dude walking towards Moko. It's actually a pretty awesome scene as well. He lets Moko know that the mariachi got away. And, uh, well, they don't know it's the mariachi, but that the guy got away that they were trying to get. Azul, that's what they're thinking. So then Moko doesn't say a word. Like, he just stands up. He lights a damn match. What a form of disrespect. This is almost as bad as spinning someone's face. He lights a damn match on aviator dude's chin. And it actually is kind of awesome, though. And Moko is obviously so pissed off at Aviator Dude. Aviator Dude is failing hard. He even like flicks the match at him. Like he makes this like Moko phase. So then we're back at Domino's apartment and she asks the mariachi if he'd like to play. And guess what game she would like to play, y'all? On the count of three. Three, two, one. Checkers! <laughs> I'm kidding. It's Domino's, of course. So now we know where she got her name. So Moko calls, calls her and asks her to come see him. He says, please. Then he asks if she's, because uh, she says no. Then he asks if she's had a chance to ride the motorcycle. So I'm guessing this dude like gave her a motorcycle. So she says she has to go and hangs up on him. And he's looking very suspicious and not happy with the situation. And for some reason, he just dogs the hell out of this like toy soldier head made of plastic in his room. I don't know. I that's what I have in my notes <laughs> and that's what I remember I'm like why is he staring at that little toy soldier head like that maybe y'all have answers that I don't so then Mariachi uh, then asks that he uh, he doesn't understand how she's poor um, and has this dope ass place so she says Moko paid for it he really digs her so he's always been getting her tons of shit uh, Moko started with flowers and jewelry then he got her a job at the bar then he gave her the damn bar so he has been really thirsty for her and uh the last thing he actually gave her was this motorcycle that he mentioned earlier and apparently he gave it to her because he wants her to ride it out to his ranch um so he was hoping if he gave her that it would convince her because she i guess she didn't have wheels so then the mariachi mariachi asked her if she was going to do it and she says she probably was but that she's not now and uh then she turns out the lights so i'm guessing el mariachi got a little axiani I'm sorry. So so now we are back in the classic mariachi dream, our nightmare. And uh, we are in that familiar cemetery that we saw earlier. And we, But we see Domino in the cemetery. He starts chasing her. And then he sees that she's covered in blood and wakes up. It's pretty messed up. He's freaking out. This guy can never have a decent night's sleep. She gives him a bit of cash to go and find another guitar to hold him over. Because he doesn't have his current guitar since Azul has it. And he's he wants to she wants him to play at the bar that evening. So as he's looking at guitars outside of this shop window, we see Aviator Dude down the street. And as soon as Aviator Dude eyeballs him, boom, he starts shooting at this dude. And of course the mariachi does goes back to his old getaway trick of jumping into the bed of a pickup truck. And actually I think I was referring to this moment earlier, because I was like, Oh, this is why that guy in the pickup truck didn't get mad. This is why. 
um, at this moment he gets into this truck but oh no he is one of the Moko's dudes he's <laughs> in the truck so that's easy pickings so aviator dude tells the the driver to just circle around and he does that and they sneak up on mariachi who's hiding in the truck bed and they just knock him the hell out and it looks like the driver's actually now heading out to Moko's ranch so and he oh, by the way he's got a dope ass yellow Ford truck like that is nice I would love one of those I think I, I kind of want to get a van too, though. I don't know if it's my love for the grind bin. I'm getting the itch for a van, y'all. Maybe we can all bring back van culture. <laughs> but without all the, like, you know, you know, y'all know, all that stuff. You know, we, we're going to make van culture classy, kind of. So, anyway. So, uh, yeah, so they're driving them out uh, to Moko's Ranch. And Aviator Dude is so happy. He finally did it. He finally caught the guy that Moko's been wanting to get. He calls Moko over to come take a look. And uh, it's funny because then Moko looks at the dude in the truck bed and says, That's not him. And then he lights another match on the neck of... <laughs> he lights a match on the back of the neck of Aviator Dude. <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. So Aviator Dude, if I were Aviator Dude, I would have said something to Moko. I would have said, okay, so that's not the dude, but how about you tell me how this dude looks? Does he have a giant head with puffy hair and a mustache with caca brown eyes? Because that would help, you know, because the mariachi guy does not look like that. So I would have been so pissed. I'm like, bro, if you're the only one that knows how he looks, freaking tell me how he looks. I don't just need to know what clothes he's wearing. How does this guy look? He looks like everyone's deal. Hi. So now we're back at Azul's hideout. He gets up from the bed. His dudes have not found his damn case, but they did hear that Azul had been caught. So they were kind of like, that's why they went back to the hideout because they were like, oh shit, to see if he was there. And Azul realizes, dude, they must have caught the mariachi. They mixed them again. They mixed us up again. So now we're on the streets and Moko's dudes just drop off the mariachis uh, since they, he was the wrong guy. They just throw him on the side of the road and he wakes he promptly wakes up at the perfect moment <laughs> he was knocked out this whole damn time and um now we're at uh domino's bar and oh crap we got azul walking in there with this looking all hard super pissed off he asked for a beer but guess what she actually gives it to him in the bottle like he likes it so he didn't have to say anything and uh he asked for his his basically his guitar gun case then she asks, uh, where's the mariachi? Then he repeats, where's the case? <laughs> so she says it's upstairs and he tells her to go get it. So it really bothered me, though, at this moment because Azul just never finishes this beer in the scene. The beer is like halfway done. I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, finish that beer. If I can knock out a 12-pack of Pacificos, he can knock out one Corona. So he tells uh, Domino that he needs her to come uh, to come with him to get the mariachi. Uh, they are both uh, figuring that he's still stuck at Moko's ranch. And it's because he doesn't know where the ranch is, but she does. So they get to the ranch and Azul grabs uh, Domino and holds a gun to her head. He kind of tells her to play along. We see the Maniachi uh, get into her bar back, you know, in the town. And the little bartender dude that works there tells her that, um, I mean, tells Mariachi that she had left with Azul to Moko's place. So Maniachi's like, dude write, write me a map of where this place is at i need to figure out where this place is at so then they finally open the gate at moko's place um where azul's been hitting the gate to, for them to open up moko's there with his men and azul tells him to give him the money or he'll soak his clothes in domino's blood uh 
And she is sort of playing along, but not even really actually scared at all. So I would have been kind of suspicious if I was Moko. Like, she's kind of like, uh, really chill about it. I mean, at least pretend you're sort of in danger. So then Moko sends a guy to go get the money. So now we see Mariachi grab the keys to the motorcycle Moko had given uh, Domino. And he asked the, the barkeep to to make to make him that map like i said before i I, that this was when that happened i thought it happened earlier but yeah this is when he has to make the map and i guess this dude is really killer at drawing a map um really freaking quick because now all of a sudden boom i would have been like it's 1992 i would have been like i'm gonna get on aol and i'll download one just just give me like 30 minutes (laughs) And and so yeah so he makes him that map Domino makes the mistake. Ah, oh, I wish he hadn't done this. But she asks Moko to let go of the mariachi. And Moko quickly puts it together. Like that she's been with this dude. And starts getting super pissed that he's he's done all this shit for her. He's bought her all this stuff. And instead she gets with some poor ass musician. <laughs> Which is probably something that every musician's girlfriend hears from someone else at some point. <laughs> So Azul, who is still holding a gun to her head, says he'll kill her if he doesn't get the money. But Moko says, no, you won't, because I will. And boom, shoots her. So Moko um, Moko looks at Azul, and he could see that Azul's affected by what just happened. I mean, he shot this innocent woman like that. And he tells Azul, you feel sorry for her, don't you? And Azul says, all I wanted was my share. But you have to kill some. You have to kill everyone. Is what he says. And then Moko retorts. This is why you'll never be as big as me. You have too much heart. And then he just shoots the fuck out of Azul. (laughs) So we see El Mariachi working his way to the ranch. And uh, and it's just a quick little scene of him in the motorcycle heading over there. And then we get back over to Moko's place. And we actually see that another one of the thugs also sports the white uh, Guayavera. And I'm like, bro, if I were Moko, I'd tell him, dude, only I can wear all the white. You go change, asshole. And so, <laughs> you can't look like the, the main bad guy. So, you don't see Joker's crew and there's another guy in makeup. Like, you know, it's just not the way it works. So then Mariachi gets to the ranch and he sees uh, that Domino's been killed, which is incredibly tragic and shitty. Uh that part just really bummed me out because I thought she was awesome. So then Moko and his men walk up to the mariachi and Moko tells him, it was you that came to my town, killed a bunch of my men, and you took my girl. So the mariachi holds up his hands because he's screwed. Like everyone has guns and he's he's just outnumbered. And Moko shoots the mariachi's right, uh, right hand, like blows it the hell up. Like the pinky and the index finger all hanging off and shit. <laughs> looks so bad and moko is like going full insane super villain he's like now get off my property and take your hand with you and he just starts laughing like "Ah!" (laughs) he's so into this like he's so hype right now but no one else is laughing with him (laughs) and mariachi sees azul's gun on the ground and he grabs it and while moko's laughing and doing his stupid shit he shoots him in the chest like boom 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 three times and then I noticed something here too. Like for some reason, all the men just backed off. I was expecting them to also shoot at, mari- at the mariachi, but they didn't shoot. And I think they realized that Moko is a real son of a bitch, that he's insane, and he was really wrong for killing uh, uh, Domino. So aviator guy finally gets his chance to light a match off Moko's dumbass face. 
He lights the match, lights his cigarette, takes a look at Mariachi, looks at the guys and is like, come on, let's go. So they don't do anything. They just leave Mariachi there. So then the Mariachi gets to the Azul's, uh, gets to Azul's truck and he takes the case of weapons that he had in there. And he's like just falling apart, man. As like talk about the darkest moment. And now we see uh, the Mariachi on the motorcycle with the guitar case of weapons and the pit bull, Domino's uh, pit bull in stow. He says something like, all I wanted was to be a Mariachi, like my ancestors. But the city I thought was going to bring luck was a curse. I lost my guitar, my hand, and her. With this injury, I may never play the guitar again. Without her, I have no love. But with the dog and the weapons, I'm prepared for the future to become Antonio Banderas. <laughs> so, <laughs> come on, that is funny. So then we see our uh, mariachi take off on the motorcycle down the road. He's truly a lone ranger with a hole in his hand. That is El Mariachi, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. That is a good movie. I love that movie. And you know, there's no like huge, like hardcore, famous ass people in this movie. This was a student film for Robert Rodriguez. So he got some actors that were definitely rough on the edges, but they he did a good job of getting the best out of them. And you know what? What makes this movie so special, and I think what really... Um, I think the reason why it got it was such a big hit so immediately is there are a lot of memorable characters in this movie. And I want to just do a quick impression of one of them. This is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. Quick Impressions. All right, I hope you enjoyed that quick impression. <laughs> and now it's time to rate this bad boy. As you all know, I rate all the movies by my favorite mustaches. Fu Manchu being a full recommendation, the full Manchu recommendation. Walrus mustache being hell yeah. And then you got the uh, horseshoe mustache, which is eh. And then you got the toothbrush mustache, which is Hitler's mustache, and that's a burn it and let it burn in hell. I've not had one of those yet, but I have a feeling there's one coming around, <laughs> coming around the corner at some point. <laughs> I'm sure y'all don't have to guess. And you know what? I can't help it. I have to give this the full Fu Manchu mustache rating. This is a super fun movie. I, I love the action. I Just knowing in the back of your head the amount of money that went into this, you can't help but be absolutely impressed with what Robert Rodriguez was able to do with this movie. It's just amazing. Um, you know, I think they did a really good job of having this very sensitive, sentimental um, character as your protagonist who doesn't want to do any of this but really just has to do it because he needs to survive. You know, he's like the last warrior you would ever think would... He's the last guy you would ever think would be a, a rowdy warrior, but he has it in him. And maybe it's what he was destined to be. Maybe that's why he was never as good at being a musician as he was as his uh, ancestors. 
Maybe he's just meant for something else, which I guess is to, what, mess up a lot of drug cartel guys. <laughs> but uh, I do love the movie. I have such a good time with it. It was fun revisiting it. I'm definitely going to watch it again someday. And who knows? Maybe Desperado. Maybe I'll do the whole Mexico trilogy. I don't know. Do I really want to have Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt in one of my Mustachio Pocasios? I don't know. But I will definitely, I'm sure Desperado will be somewhere down the line. There's plenty of mustaches in there, too. And there's also a man named Danny Trejos who's, who's in that movie. And uh, he has a damn good time in that movie. I don't even think he says any words. He's just awesome. Just throws knives and shit. It's fantastic. But anyway, I fully recommend El Mariachi. If you haven't seen it in a while, check it out, please. And let me know what you think. Um, pl- I'm going to go ahead and plug a couple of things. You can find me on Instagram at Mustachioed Podcastio. Don't forget, I spell, I spell Mustachioed. M-O-U-S-T. So it sounds like I'm doing it, Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) M-O-U-S-T. But anyway, don't ever forget that because like if you're ever searching for my podcast or if you have friends that are like, yeah, I couldn't find it, make sure that they spell it like that, not the American way, which is M-U-S-T. Just letting y'all know. And then the Twitter is M Podcastio. You'll find me on Twitter. There's a Facebook, but who cares? I don't give a crap. And uh, feel free to like message me. You can direct message me on Instagram or Twitter. Give me a recommendation. I'm, I've got a good list going. I've got a lot of my fellow friends from the Grindman that have been giving me some really good movies to cover. So we will have some guests coming up, and I think we're all going to have a really good time. All right, until next time, have a good one. Bye.